Uh, I'm Wong Valui. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm so glad you're here this morning. And I'm more excited uh, what the Spirit of the Lord has prepared, especially for you, uh, the Word of God. So, are you ready? Are, are you ready, guys? Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, does anyone need a break? Like bathroom break or anything before we begin? We can, we're okay, right? Okay. Let's begin. So, this is the second of the series of the Gospel Plan. Uh, the Gospel Plan series. In short, I call it the uh, GPS, so you will know what I mean, right? So this is the GPS too. Now today, what are we going to learn? What are we going to learn today from the Gospel of Matthew? We are going to learn that Matthew had presented that Jesus is the King. Okay? Matthew has presented that Jesus is the king. How did he do this? So, he presented a visible king. He presented a visible king. What is his name? Jesus Christ of an invisible kingdom. Okay? To whom? To a visible subjects. To us. So, Matthew presented a visible king of an invisible kingdom to visible subjects like us. Now, when that kingdom, when that invisible, invisible kingdom comes upon you, what happens? There is transformation and rabbit growth. Okay? Then this, there is transformation and rabbit, rabbit growth. So, our goal, our hope is that, that the kingdom of God will come upon you this morning. So you are transformed for the better. And that growth, that rapid growth in your life will be visible to other people. Right? So how do we make the invisible kingdom visible to other people? It is by the growth that is in you. And I'm going to explain this to you. Why this is very important. Now, some of you were not here. Uh, the first one in the first series. In the first series, this is how we began. Matthew prepared for the coming of the Messiah, that Jesus is the Messiah. How did he do that? Very supernaturally and also miraculously. What is the supernatural? The angels appeared. The angels appeared in dreams. What is, what is the miracle? It's the virgin birth. At the same time, it is very natural. It is very ordinary because they chose and picked ordinary people like Joseph and Mary. And it's very marginal too, not miraculous. What is, the, what is so marginal about it? Christ was born in a manger. He can't even find a room and inn. Right? Why? Because it's to relate that the transcendent power of God is also eminent. It's also with us. We can relate to it. Today, this presentation of Jesus as the king can also relate to us. And there is a meaning for all of us. So, the first one we will look at is the invisible king of an invisible kingdom. Establishing his invisible uh, kingdom with a promise of a new heaven and new earth. New heaven and new earth, right? And that Jesus is the key to the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the king of the natural and the supernatural world. When God spoke to his people, 
and there was 400 years of silence. Right? 400 years of silence, people did not hear any word from God. That's a long silence, isn't it? Right? And do you know what, was the, what were the last words? If you read in Malachi 5, at the end, he said, I will send you Elijah. I will send you Elijah. Okay? Now, if you're a student of the Word of God, if you're a historian, if you're watching the time and the period, if you're thinking about what's the purpose of my existence here on earth, and you're searching for meaning and purpose, this would be very important to connect the link of your life and to the purpose of the creation. And the people of God, the Jewish people, it is also important for them. So, 400 years of silence, no word, but I will send you Elijah. Now, we are in Matthew 11. See, I did till Matthew chapter 10 last week. We are now in Matthew 11. And what happens in Matthew 11? Bang! There is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is there. He is the one who is preparing the way for the Messiah to come. Who is that Messiah? The Lord Jesus Christ. You have heard it last week. And he said, the one that is going to come is greater than me. He will baptize you with fire and spirit. Okay? Now, Christ came into the scene. And in his teaching, what did he say? What did he say, my friends, about this? What did he say? He said, if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. Boom. See? He connected 400 years of silence with the inauguration of his kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is here. The final consummation will happen. This is the establishment. This is the inauguration of the kingdom of God. And he connected it to John the Baptist and said, he did not forget what God has spoken before the 400 years of silence and say, this guy, John the Baptist, if you are willing to receive it, this is the Elijah. This is well prepared presentation of Jesus as the king. It's not some random thing. Now, in order to receive the kingdom of God, and in order to receive Jesus as the king, what do you need then? More than the intellectual understanding, more than the intellectual uh, revelation, what you need is a heart. And Christ would teach you. You need an open heart to receive the message of the kingdom of God. And you need an open heart to hear the message of the kingdom of God. So in the end, it is a matter of the heart. This is the reason why Christ is saying in Matthew 11, Let him who has ear hear. And how are you going to hear the kingdom and the message of the kingdom of God? You need to have an open heart. Where is your heart today? Yes. Where is your heart? Is your heart pulled apart everywhere that you can't listen to the most important message that directly links 
to the question that you're asking, why did I enter into this earth? Why am I present in this earth? And then what is the purpose of my life? The purpose of your life is directly linked to the purpose of the creation. Right? And to find the message. For Christ, I said, what was his message? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That is his consistent message all throughout his life, and he died for it. For you, what is the message? The coming of Jesus. See? Ended the 400 years silence and fulfilled the prophecy. I am going to send you Elijah. Elijah. How did this visible, invisible kingdom was made visible then? Because we're talking about this invisible kingdom. How, how was it made visible? It was made visible by him healing people. It was made visible by casting out demons. And he said that if I heal, if I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God is here. Then the kingdom of God is here. You manifest the invisible kingdom that Christ talked about by the fruits. And you will be known by your fruits. We talk about, did Jesus fail to establish a kingdom? No, he did not fail to establish a kingdom. His kingdom was very different from what the world thinks. He was talking about changing the value, the value system that was existing at that time. So, then, in Matthew 13... He talked about these parables. And I'm going to tie with these parables on this first one. What was the first parable? It was the parable about the sower and the soil. And you pair it together with the wheat and the tares. That's the second parable. So one pair. The sower of the, the sower and the wheat and the tares. What are these parables about? These two parables are about what? Cultivating. Right? It's about planting. So Christ has come to manifest his kingdom by what? By teaching the truth. See? It's about teaching the truth. The other one, the one who sowed the tears, is the wicked one, the evil one, who came to teach what is wrong, false, counterfeits. Right? I'm a gardener. I garden at home. So every season, when I plant something... There are some similar plants that grow up right by the vegetables that I want to eat. And it looks very similar at a glance. If you're not careful, you would have eaten the wrong plant. But when you weed through it, you know it's wrong, so you take it out. The weed and the tears, they are very similar. Until at the end, when it's ready for harvest, then they look different. Otherwise, you look at it, there is no difference. Okay? There is no difference. What is Christ saying to us? Christ is saying to us, to the church, right now, this morning, there are some genuine Christians, and there are some fake Christians sitting here right now. See? There are some genuine Christians sitting here right now who wants to follow the Lord and take His yoke upon Him. What is the yoke? His teaching, His way of life. That's the yoke. 
And there are some fake Christians here who are here for their own personal gain. What do you do about that? Christ said, don't worry about that. I will take care of it at the end. Let them exist together. Let them go exist together. But my question to you is, are you a fake Christian or genuine Christian? And Matthew presented the king of kings who can see who is fake and who is genuine. Why, why do you follow Jesus? I mean, why, why, why do you want to come here Sunday morning? Why are you here this morning? You could be doing many things. I mean, your laundry... The laundry is packed, you know? You didn't do the shopping. You're thinking about going home and running around errands, shopping. You're upset with your husband or your wife because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Your kids, they got up late. I mean, their clothes are everywhere. It's messy. They didn't do their homework. You have sports. You have many things to do. Why are you here? Why do you come here? What is the reason for you to come here? For Matthew, it was the compelling love for his people that he wants to show that Jesus is king. Hey, That is his compelling reason. For God to send Jesus Christ was, the compelling reason was love for mankind. For Jesus, it was the compelling reason for, that he loved you and I, that he died for us. For the compelling reason for the Holy Spirit is to teach us that the church can grow. What is your compelling reason for you to come here? Spiritual family. He who has an ear, let him hear. You need to have an open heart to hear the message of the kingdom of God and to receive the kingdom of God. Jesus sowed the truth. Satan sowed what is false and counterfeits. Now, genuine faith will build you up. And fake faith will burn you out. That it will burn you here and it will burn you at the end. So let's look at the inauguration and the consummation, right? The establishment of Jesus' kingdom is directly linked to what? To the promise of the future of a heaven to come. See, Jesus linked his kingdom to gentleness, to humility. And he said, Come to me. So when a king came, this is changing of the system. When a when when the king come, when a king is coronated, what does he do? When he takes a new uh, uh, when he takes the throne, he wants to go and conquer. He sends his soldier sometimes to to plunder, to terrorize, to kill, to subjugate, and to take captives of the vanquished. Right? That's how they rule. All the kings, the mighty kings, they annex nations after nations. And their greatness, their greatness is measured by how many nations they can conquer, how many territories they can annex. Is that true or not? Yes, yes. Is that true or not? 
not the king, not the king, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't want us to carry his load for us. He said, you are heavy laden, your load. He said, come to me, come to me and you will find rest. I mean, this is a radically amazing king who is asking us to come to him rather than to go and terrorize and plunder and go and get captives of other people and slave them to serve him. He's saying, you come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And how do we do that? With gentleness, with humility. You see, the word in Malachi chapter 5, the last word that ended the Old Testament, what, is, what do you know what that word is? Curse. You read at it. You open the Bible. It ended with a curse. I will come to you with a curse. What was the first word that Christ opened, my friends? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed. He changed the curse into blessing because the invisible kingdom has come upon us in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the king of my heart, who is the king of your heart. And in him there is blessing. When the kingdom of the Lord comes upon you, there is blessing. It takes the generational curse away from you. Are we getting the point? I mean, these are spiritually mind-blowing stuff that we need to pay attention to. To find purpose and meaning of our existence here. What is your existential narrative outside the kingdom of God? I mean, it's hopeless. It's dark. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. The kingdom of God has come upon them. The Pharisees were not a fan of Christ. They questioned every action. In fact, the opposition and persecution of Jesus will start from here. They start plotting to kill him. Because he declared that the kingdom of God has come. That I am the king. I am the Sabbath. I am the rest. Radically different from what was happening. So in this frantic hurry in Santa Clara in Silicon Valley, can people see the serenity and peace in your life? That you carry the invisible kingdom in your heart that you display the nature and character and principle of the invisible kingdom that Christ talks about that in me you will find rest I am gentle and lowly I am humble is humility part of our character is gentleness part of our character in this frantic hurry bottom line where we requires performance my friends the kingdom of God is about presence rather than the pressure to perform Did you get that? The kingdom of God is about presence. It is not about the pressure to perform, my friends. So what is required of us is, what is it? As a mother, as a father, as a manager, as a worker, this is absolutely important. Hear me. Hear my friends. Your non-anxious presence is way important than your skill your education, your work experience. Do you know that? Your non-anxious presence is way, way more important than your skills, your experience. When a manager, when a CEO, when a station 
when you work as a station in the hospital, when you work with two, three people, and you lead somebody, and you have that non-anxious presence, presence in this pressure cooker time, what does it portray to other people? Right? It inspires people. It calms people. It gives them, yes, I can rely and trust on this person. And they will do the work that is required of them. But imagine when the pastor is running helter-skelter, anxious all the time, yelling all the time, have no control, have no footing, have lost total control, chaotic, messy. Do you think the church can survive? Oh, you have a messy pastor and you will have a messy church. You have a chaotic pastor, you will have a chaotic church. You have this wishy-washy pastor. The church will be like that, my friends. But we need to have the message of the kingdom and where it should be rooted. It should be rooted in the word of God. He who has an ear, let him hear. Right? So, the king came to sow the truth. The wicked one came to sow the counterfeits. When we are not open in our hearts, we tend to listen to the wicked one, and we don't grow and bear fruit. That's the first parable. The second one, you look at it. It's like the mustard seed. Right? It's like the leaven. The leaven. What is this about? As I was explaining to you, right? So the master said, this is about growth. I'm very excited about this parable. This is amazing. Look at the, uh, uh, the leaven too. Both this master seeds, it grew so big that it became a tree. Have you seen the mustard that is the size of a tree in your life? Anyone? You know, you know, tiny. But it can grow into a tree. At that time, yes, it grew as big. And Christ had, was talking about what was happening there. Now, the, uh, the, the leaven, is, uh, it transforms the dough for the better. Right? What Christ is saying is, this is it. This is it. When the kingdom of the Lord comes upon you, you can rapidly grow like the mustard seed. And what will happen? The birds of the air will come and build nests on the branch and rest in the shade. Right? Christ is the branch. Of course, we know that. But just imagine that. When you are blessed, people from your neighbors, your workplace, your friends, they will come and find a resting place because your fruit is good, your tree is good. How does this happen? It's the internal dynamics of the leaven that transforms the dough. We don't know how it actually transforms the dough, right? It's very internal. See, the mustard seed is an outward growth, but the leaven is an internal dynamics. It transforms the dough to be better. See, when the kingdom of God comes upon you, you become a better person and people can see the growth outwardly. Those two parables are paired together, see. So then, in order to influence and impact other people, what, what do we need to do? 
we need to hear and receive the message of the kingdom of God. Right? And listen to the teaching of Christ. How are we doing this morning? We're good? Any question? Right? Let's go inspired and transformed and educated today, okay? Out of this. Because these are good for our practical living, okay? Shall I move on then? Because I have two more parables that I want to finish with. That Jesus is the king, right? All right. Now, so, we talk about the mystery of the kingdom. It is the mustard seed, growth outward. It's like the, the leaven, internal transformation, right? Now, then he talked about the treasure, right? He said the kingdom of God is like, it is like the hidden treasure. And it is like the costly pearl that the merchants will go search out there. Paired together again, okay? Let's, let's make this understand. So, what did I say? Christ came to make the invisible kingdom visible to us. How did he make it visible? By healing people, by casting out demons, by the work that is being shown to the visible subjects like us, right? Now, the kingdom of God is hidden. It talks about the value. It, this is talking about the value. Do you remember prior to the presentation of Jesus as the king, when he was preparing, when Matthew was preparing to present as the Messiah, what did he say? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, if you know that the kingdom of God is the most treasured thing that you can have in in your life, what will you do? You will leave behind everything like the merchant did, looking for the costly pearl. See? Now, how do we connect this here? Shall we connect it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you see that's how he wants us to live live as though the kingdom of God is the most precious things in your life and you go for it as a merchant who leaves everything behind for the costly pearl if you do that what will happen you'll have peace you won't have anxiety you won't have worry You'll sleep better. Your depression minimize. Your anger minimize. Irritation minimize. All the negative energy that we have in us. How how can we let this go? We can let this go by seeking after the kingdom of God. Who is gentle and lowly and humble. These are practical things that he teaches us which is very hard. Now, so, what is he saying? Because this is about evangelism. See? The other two are about planting, cultivating, looking that we should preach the gospel to everyone. Here is about evangelism. What do we do? Evangelism is our responsibility. But my friends, eternity, eternal life is by God's authority. You have no say in it. You can't choose to say... I'm not going to share the good news to this person. He's not qualified for it. By the way, you know, the words he speaks, the place he go, the food he eat, he's not worth the gospel. 
I'm not going to share the gospel. That is not for you. Your responsibility is to share the good news. How did Christ end this? With these two parables, right? Like the dragnet. What is the dragnet? All right. How many of you fish? Yeah, right? Christ didn't say, take one fishing pole and go and sit by yourself and, you know. He chose the dragnet so you can catch a lot. But we like uh, one-on-one evangelism, right? (laughs) We like fishing pole, (laughs) which is good. I'm not against that. Personal relationship is good. But the kingdom of God is big and wide. And Christ is saying, spread the good news to everyone, to black and white, to short and tall, you know, uh, right? And see where it goes. The gospel is for every nation, for every people. The dragnet. Who will do the, who will do the sorting? God will do the sorting at the end. Just as good fish is taken in, bad fish are thrown out, God will do the sorting. You don't worry about the sorting. Right? And the last one, which stands alone, I like this. The parable is like a householder. What do you mean? Can somebody say what do you mean? Yeah, I feel like you're listening to me. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, A householder who brings new stuff and old stuff. Right? Ancient and new. What does that mean? Come on. It means when somebody comes into your life, Give them your best. That's what Christ is saying. When stranger comes to you, you take out the nicest plate. You guys eat in a bowl or paper plate every day. And then some stranger come, you took out the nice plates and silverware. Right? Or do like that when you share the gospel to someone. To whom? To everyone. Be a householder. Why did Christ bring this up? Because... Christ brought this up because the Pharisees and religious leaders at that time were not able to bring out the new. They were stuck with the stale one. They were stuck with the old one. It was old and old, and it wasn't relevant to where they were living. What Christ is saying to you and I is, when you share the gospel, when you share about Jesus, make it relevant to where you are and where your friends are. So if you work in tech company, make it relevant how God works. If you work in health care, make it relevant. If you're a teacher, make it relevant. If you're a student, make it relevant. Right? I want to share this story of student because some of you are in high school here. Uh, how does God work? Because, oh, pastor's talking all this spiritual theological language that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, let me try a little bit, okay? Because I was a student too, Right? So I was driving with my son uh, last summer, and this is the election time for the school. So my son is standing for one of the positions in the school election, and his friend, right? Uh, and we've, we've been kind of praying for them, and they have been praying about it. Um, so on the day of the election, they have to give the speech. So his friend came out to give the speech, and he told me, uh, that was one of the worst speech I've ever heard, right? This guy's going, oh, this is not going well. And you have to worry about your reputation if you're in high school, you know? Hundreds of your peers looking at you and he's getting nervous. Uh, but he had one line, right? He had one line. The speech is not going well. My son is probably looking down, I don't know. 
And he said, but there's one line. Just as the might works for you, I will work for you. That was the line that he is going to say. So he went to the mic. You can put it back this later on, right? Here. He's going to say, just as this mic worked for you, and the mic, suddenly there was a technical problem. and <laughs> Right? So he's nervous, more nervous now. And he stepped back. But within the few seconds, he came back and said, just as this mic, and then the mic came on. You know what happened? There was explosion in the building. There was explosion in that building. And he won the election because of that. Now, the lesson is, my son said, Dad, this guy is a Jesus people. My running mate is a Jesus people, and we prayed a lot, and God showed up big time for him. Do you see? That's how the kingdom of God works. Are you hearing me? My high school students, you think God is not cool enough to roam around in the high school? No. I mean, he's your fan. He's your biggest fan. He will make the mic work for you. And uh, I have to share this story, you know. And the worship team is going to get ready, right? Uh, here, so uh, he bought a pizza to give out. And they have more students. He knew, uh, I don't think I can beat him, my son is saying. You know, he has lots of students supporting him. On the day they were handing out this uh, information, they took this pizza. I went and got it from Costco. Hot and warm, right? You know what happened that day? And the other guy brought ice cream. Normally, it's a warm day. Well, it rained that day. <laughs> it rained that day, and the ice cream was not so popular. But the hot pizza was. And saying, you know, God's working with me. Not that he's not working for the other person. But for him to realize that God is in his life. Are you getting the point? See, the kingdom of God, which is invisible, is made visible through a working mic. So through a warm pizza, sharing with friends. You relate to yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not everything like, oh, believe in Jesus. If not, you'll go to hell, you know. Show me the kingdom of God. What is hell like? There's a better way to do that, right? You see, it ended in Matthew 14. Um, so, see, Jesus came. There's a big storm. The disciples are afraid. And Jesus came walking on the water, Right? He came walking on the... (laughs) Pastor's going to walk in the air. (laughs) That should have calmed their heart, right? I mean, your Lord is walking in the water, in the storm, and we would have Oh my Lord, that's awesome! This is great! Now everything will be okay. No, they were afraid. They were afraid of their master. And thought that he was a phantom. He was a ghost. Phantom of the storm. Phantom of the opera, right? There is a show. Not that one. Phantom of the storm. The Lord should have soothed and calmed their heart. They were more afraid. They were more afraid and thought that he was a ghost. When you don't have the kingdom message within you, even when the Lord appears, solution appears before you, you'll be more afraid than to have peace. Right? You will not be able to have peace because you don't recognize 
the one who has the right solution and absolution, absolute solution for you. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is spoken, that is taught. I simply present to you the word of God that is good for your soul, that you may find rest if you allow Jesus, the king of the world and the universe, to be the king of your heart. Will you? Will you invite him in today? Will you stand and invite the king of your heart to come into you? Today, we will pray for you. Our pastors, our leaders are going to be here. During the singing, after the singing, you come and we'll pray for you. Father, Holy Spirit, Thank you for coming as the king of my heart. May the Holy Spirit of the Lord bless us as we worship and stand before you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.